Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to Ace time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day. Oh, give me some juice, Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Tuesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We're with you till 10 a.m. this morning. I'm Sean Pendergast. He is Seth Payne. The great thing about the Super Bowl, Seth, the leftovers. It's like Thanksgiving. There's leftovers for days and days. It really is. Yeah, and it's overwhelming when you you start realizing all the things you missed. Uh, You're blaming the wrong people. Turns out that Brock Purdy actually had the best game that any quarterback ever played, according to Dan Orlovsky. Um, it's uh, which uh, that's that's not what Dan Orlovsky said, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of leftovers, a lot of stars, a lot of a lot of finger pointing by 49ers. You got Brandon Ayuk's girlfriend or wife uh, talking about how they might not be back. Yeah, uh, you've got <laughs> he's a free agent. He might not be back. Texans fans. I got this one. I got to tell Texans fans. Yeah. I feel bad because they're lusting after Juwan Jennings, uh, the receiver. Because why wouldn't you? He's a restricted free agent. Yeah. Restricted free agents <clears throat> um, very, very, very rarely are, are yoinked away from their teams because the team has the right to match. So yeah. usually, it's one of those deals where a lot of teams just don't even bother. Like you just you just say, all right, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna waste our time going after Jawan Jennings just so the 49ers can match our offer. And if you if you want to get him, you're gonna have to give up draft pick compensation. So uh, it's probably not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, shopping season, man. Do you think they shop for? Do you think they shop in the Brandon Ayuk aisle, the Texans at wide receiver? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense, especially in a draft that's loaded with wide receivers. It I doesn't agree. make a lot of sense when you already have two main guys to go after another veteran. It's uh, I'd, I'd much rather build from from youth upwards and I don't like I don't know how they feel about Xavier Hutchinson or John Mechie you know maybe they you know they got to leave room for potentially one of those guys figuring it out but likely I think they're going to go with a younger a younger wide receiver in the draft well and if it's a money thing there's just as good a chance they pay Nico Collins as paying a free agent right the Texans have 30 free agents, which is the most in the league. Yeah. Yeah. The cap yeah. space isn't as much as people think it is with the Texans. I, I mean, I know, no. it's, I know it's a hard number. You're like, but Sean, it's their third. How can you say it's not as much as you think? They've got a lot of spots to fill, to your point. That's a lot of free they have agents. A lot, a lot of the guys that, yeah, a lot of the guys that played really well for them this year were on one-year contracts, like Sheldon Rankins. So you got to replace the Sheldon Rankins. If you, uh, now, if you're, if you're replacing with a Chris Jones, then – 
you're spending a lot of money, yeah. um, but you've got that one replaced at least. But it doesn't leave a lot of room for anybody else with it. To your point, you got to you got to fill in 30 spots. Some of those are going to be rookies, mm-hmm. it, uh, but some of them are a good chunk of them are going to have to be free agents. Yeah, I think they've got room for one big splurge. That that's my thing. I think free agency is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. If if you want one big splurge, like honestly, I, this, this is the time of year I hate. I feel like a Grinch all the time, but I can't help but point out that spending in free agency is usually stupid. Like spending big, the vast majority of guys who get four and five year contracts don't last three years on the team that signs yep. them. They are the majority of big ticket items end up being vast disappointments. So I don't like. I it, I get excited if the Texans do make one of those moves, but I don't I don't pretend that, like, oh, wow, if you're serious, that's the move you make. Yeah. Because the best teams in the league generally don't spend a whole lot in free agency. They don't. They don't. I, I, I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of in a place where I think both things can be true. Like, I'll get super excited about it, knowing full well yeah. that if it's a five-year deal, we'll get three years out of the guy, you know? Right. Well, I mean, yeah, but the ones that do work out just work out magnificently. Yeah. So it's, it's buying a lottery ticket. Yep. It's, uh, you can get excited about a lottery ticket, even though knowing your chances aren't that great. Biggest leftover from this game seems to be Kyle Shanahan hands decision making in overtime and not just the decision making in overtime but what was revealed yesterday I first saw it in the article from the ringer that you sent to me Seth about did Kyle Shanahan's decision making in overtime cost the 49ers the Super Bowl man right after you and I got off the air I'm packing up my stuff in the studio and I'm listening to John Lopez make Kyle Shanahan sound like the biggest dummy in the world for taking the ball to start overtime like that's what blew the Super Bowl for the 49ers, unquestionably. You shouldn't sleep at night over this thing. Um, I'm still, as far as the decision goes, and I, I, I get it. I'm in the minority, I think. I think in no small part because the Niners lost the game. I think there's a lot of revisionist history going on with this, that because they lost, it's the dumbest thing ever. I would love to know the number of people that were sitting in front of their TV screens when Kyle Shanahan took the ball to start overtime that threw their arms up and said, this is the dumbest thing ever. I would love to know that. I mean, there were a lot of people that questioned Of course, of course, of course. But people act like he was making a decision that had a 5% success rate versus a 9%. Like, these things were all coin flips. And I I understand Kyle Shanahan's rationale of wanting to have the first potential sudden death possession in a game where both teams had started to move the football in the fourth quarter. I I get that. And And you've also pointed out the ancillary benefit of resting his defense who had just come off an 11- or 12-play drive against the Kansas City Chiefs. That one, it's funny. I went around and and looked around, and actually I think I'm going to call up Cynthia Froyland from the NFL Network today because she's the the analytics person that does a lot of the motion tracking stuff. I I think this is one of those situations where, like, the athlete's real-life experience doesn't necessarily match up with reality. Like, it, it... where, okay, it feels like after a super long drive, you're just shot as a defense. And yet, there's not necessarily a whole lot of evidence for that. So I, my, my contention has been, hey, just like Tony Romo said on the broadcast, look, your defense was just out there for a 12-play drive or so. You know, the, the 49ers only had the ball for uh, a minimal amount of time after the Chiefs' final drive. Sure. That, that they needed a little bit of a break. That's that's not necessarily backed up by the analytics, I, which uh, it defies defies my personal experience. But I'm open to being wrong about that. Again, my argument is I I, I tend to agree with Kyle Shanahan's math. The, yeah. the the rest part of it is a secondary benefit. Let me read right, this, right, l- right. L- let me read this part from the Ringer here that that got a lot of traction yesterday, and this I think also is affecting people's evaluation of Kyle Shanahan's decision in the moment. Is that the two sides, if we're to believe? 
Justin Reed from the Kansas City Chiefs, former Texan, and many 49ers, is that the Chiefs had been ready for this overtime in the Super Bowl since training camp. They'd been talking about it. Here's what it says. Kansas City safety Justin Reed told the ringer the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. Defensive lineman Chris Jones told me players were prepared for what to expect if the Super Bowl went to overtime. Jones said, we went through this for weeks. Meanwhile, the 49ers did not do the same. Multiple Niners players said after the game they were not aware the OT rules were different in the playoffs than the regular season, and strategy discussions over how to handle the overtime period didn't occur as a team. Eric Armstead, D-lineman, said he learned the details of the postseason rules by looking at the Jumbotron during a TV timeout in the stadium. <laughs> fullback Kyle that sounds Juszczyk, efficient to me. <laughs> here was fullback Kyle Juszczyk of the 49ers, after the game on how much of the overtime rules he was aware of. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really – I don't totally know the strategy there. Okay. I mean, it, look. No. <laughs> no. We haven't talked about it, no. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. We haven't talked about it. It's yeah. it, you, you get a picture painted from various players talking about this that the Chiefs were very well prepared for it, especially when it comes to the the actual Super Bowl situation, where it's a little bit different. The, the big difference, as Tony Romo exp- explained ad nauseum during the broadcast, was that the time doesn't expire after the first quarter. That, you know, it's the Super Bowl. You keep playing. You go on into a second quarter. I, I guess the first question I would have, is all right. Does it really matter if the players know the situation or not? That's my As question. You said all right. Well, we're just going to go down and score. I think that it does for a couple reasons. One is just that, like any level of uncertainty about anything in the game management, can kind of, especially if it's a guy, if it's one of the skill players, I think can maybe weigh down how quickly and how efficiently you function mentally in the moment and how you're thinking about everything. And the second part is, I guess. That same point, except it goes triple or quadruple so for the quarterback. Remember Donovan Remember Donovan McNabb famously not knowing the overtime rules? That was a pretty extreme While example. While playing for Andy Reid, by yes, the way. Yeah, that's where Andy <laughs> Reid learned his lesson. I'm a, Honestly, I'm seeing so many parallels between young Kyle Shanahan and young Andy Reid. Yeah. I, I say young Andy Reid. Well, and, like the first iteration of Andy Reid yeah, yeah. with the Eagles, where maybe he's, maybe he's destined to have... All these very uh, close but not quite getting it, and uh, ultimately he learns his lessons, and and there he goes. But he's having I mean, Chanahan's now blown double digit leads three times as a coach. Now yeah. one is a coordinator, obviously, but these last two times in the Super Bowl, he's he's done it three times as either a coordinator or a coach, and he was involved. He was very much involved in blowing that lead in the Super Bowl because he just kept passing when they didn't need to. Yeah. So yeah, I I I'm honestly. I'm honestly kind of flabbergasted that Kyle Shanahan didn't have his guys better prepared for that moment. I, I am too because they're maniacally prepared for everything, it seems like. You, you well, know, and it makes me wonder and question just exactly how prepared Kyle Shanahan himself was for the moment. Uh, if you haven't been going through those situational moments in practice, like, okay, he cited analytics, and I cited him citing analytics yesterday. Yeah. He cited analytics as one of the reasons that he decided – uh, not to possess the ball with the first and possession. And said they'd talked about it before the Super Bowl, the analytics people. It wasn't like but, he was calling yeah. up to the booth. 
in the but moment. Meanwhile, I mean, between like Andy Reid works with their game management strategist, I saw at least two anonymous game management people say that it's the. They 100% would uh, would not want to possess the ball first. I, I don't know. Let me ask you this. As a former player, you're going to have a way better opinion on this than I will. I'm th- so I'm curious, what would have been different about the preparation? Just actually going through being in the moment, feeling like it's overtime? Or is there anything different? Like, do, you, like, do you run more fourth down plays in practice? Because I you might big, be. I think the biggest thing might be the I, – I would say on the offensive side of the ball – I think the the big thing that matters is knowing that okay, if you're that you're not going to be going for it on fourth down, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a matter of okay, getting back up to the line or sure. well, like all that other stuff. Yep. Um, defensively, likewise, I think it's just the knowledge that on third down, the team may or may not be going for it on fourth. This down. is what that, it feels like. Change. You're running situational yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just being prepared for that, like thinking one get one snap ahead with yeah. the quarterback. Yep. Um. I guess that's probably the biggest difference. That makes I, sense. But again, I don't know. It's it's not. It, they're not gigantic. It's just the the overall preparedness is what jumps out. Yeah, at and me. I'm not. To be clear, I'm not dying on a hill with Kyle Shanahan that it was the right call. I just don't think it was as dumb a call as people are making it out to be. I think there's an argument to be made in in the way that game was playing out that you yeah. could feel like okay, this thing could still be tied at the end of the first, at, after each of these two teams have had the ball, we're each going to go down and score. Now, Kansas City, the other thing that was real, real real quick, Seth, is that Chris Jones said they would have gone for two if San yeah. Francisco had scored first a touchdown yeah. and that Kansas City came down and scored a touchdown. They were ready to go for two in that situation. I like Without getting too deep into the weeds on this, I think a lot of times the way some people think about it is, okay, what's the total number of scenarios? And only a couple of the scenarios hurt the 49ers, and it's if the Chiefs can go down and score a touchdown second um and then if they if they go for two but like the there's two other scenarios that include the Chiefs not scoring uh includes the Chiefs kicking a field goal sure. if the 49ers have already kicked a field goal so like in the total number of scenarios like our guy uh um Michael yesterday Michael Beckman yeah Beckman was very fixated on like <laughs> I think I think people kind of get fixated in on really like the belief that, well, it's Mahomes. Of course he's going to score a touchdown. Right. And like, then they, and they proceed that way where I think <laughs> Shanahan just might be more uncomfortable with the uncertainty of the moment. He'd scored one all day and it was on a one play drive after a right. fumbled punt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I think that's where the hindsight reasoning comes yeah. in is it's very easy to think, well, of course Mahomes is going to score a touchdown. Mahomes hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns in the playoffs in general. No the field goal kicker scored more points than, than Mahomes did in the playoffs. The second half of the Ravens game and the first half of the Super Super Bowl. He's yeah. he went. He basically went a full game without scoring a touchdown. Yeah. A, a, pl- a full game plus without scoring a touchdown. If you add those two together, all right, we're off and running on a uh, on a Tuesday. Man, we still got some good stuff left in the Super Bowl. All right, the other big thing with the Super Bowl, the final call. Did Tony Romo step all over the final call of a memorable Super Bowl ending? And we'll touch on what Seth talked about. Te- uh, t- losing Super Bowl players stay off of social media the day after the game. No. That is next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I'll be honest, um, the final play, we're going to hear the call on CBS of the final play. Got a lot of run yesterday. I, full disclosure, because we've been very critical of Tony Romo on this show, there was nothing going on in the moment where I was like, boy, Romo's ruining this moment right now because I was just, I was so disappointed that the Mahomes, that the Chiefs and Mahomes won another Super Bowl <laughs> because I was, I, I was rooting yeah. for the 49ers in this game. In the, in the moment, I was very much frustrated with Tony Romo. Okay, on this good. Call. This was, I was, I was really, uh, because earlier in the game, Nance had done a really good job on a fourth and short of setting up just how big a moment it was. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, good job, Tony. You sat back and you let Nance really set the stage. Right. Good job. Um, so now when, uh, now when the Chiefs were down, uh, on the, uh, ready to score on first and goal, uh, Tony Romo explained something that could have taken five seconds, but he went right up to the Well, snap. he, just real quick to set, to further set this up, the, the, the MO is to just, if there's a play that ends the Super Bowl, be yeah. quiet for 20 seconds. Yeah. Let it breathe. Maybe drop a tiny comment in there, you know that uh-huh. kind of thing. And then, it, and it's up to the play-by-play guy. Uh, yeah, he's the leader. He's he's yeah. steering the ship. He's in the yeah. he's in the one chair there. So, so here is the call on the final play, the Miko Hardman touchdown to win the Super Bowl. Can only feel the number of people out there being like, "What's going on?" First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there. Hardman jackpot. Kansas City. And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. They're celebrating He's going to fake right a motion now. to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hardman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hardman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career, he's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard. You're Michael Jordan. Wins it again. Okay, so so that's keep in mind. Tony Romo is blathering on and on while this celebration is going on on the field. He's describing a play as if there's a telestrator going on. He's yeah. that's the Andy Reid special. They went this no, way no. and then that way and then back and forth and the guys are jumping on each other on the field. Like, it's, it's one thing um, I've picked up on that he started to do now that he doesn't tr- like try to call plays out or sometimes he tries to call a play out beforehand and he's wrong a lot of the time. He he always, he calls back to earlier moments in the game when he predicted something would yeah. happen. Um, and uh, you know earlier they they they, they love coming up when uh, in red zone situations say you know Andy Reid's got something special here. So yeah yeah that was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how Nance does it, man. Like I, I like I I don't know how he does it, but like you can hear Ben play the B. You can hear Tony Romo when the when Nance is calling the play, literally calling the touchdown pass. You can hear Tony Romo muttering Super Bowl. Underneath it. Did you hear that? Let's play this yeah. one more time. I can Just only to... feel the number of people out there being like, what's going on? First and goal. 
Mahomes flings that Super Bowl. It's there! Hartman! Oh, Super Bowl. Well, shut up. Be quiet. And, I, and I'm not even saying, like, just stay silent for the whole 20 seconds. Certainly yeah. don't be describing the play when nobody's watching a replay of it while they're celebrating a Super Bowl. I think if Romo just dropped in, this guy's the Michael Jordan of football. Like, just drop a sentence in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's fine. Do that. And then be quiet. I didn't think... Uh... This is the thing with Romo. I think there are, there are a lot of people that just, uh, like my wife for some reason, that think Romo's just fine. And she enjoys she enjoys watching uh, a game where Romo's broadcasting because she feels like he makes it fun. And, and Brandy's like very smart and astute about f- watching football. She knows her crap. Uh, but she, she doesn't mind Romo's mistakes. The problem is once you start picking up on them, it's like that. It's that annoying person where anything they say is going to annoy you. And there's nothing they can do. Even, like, if you sit back and rationally think about it, you're like, okay, all that guy's asked is whether I wanted breakfast or not. But, my God, it annoyed me when, it, when he asked if we wanted to go get breakfast. And uh, <laughs> what's he doing in my bed anyway? <laughs> so <laughs> That's really annoying. <laughs> that was the most annoying <laughs> part of it. In my bed. I wasn't expecting you here. <laughs> um, so so you, you may be asking, okay, what would a good call sound like? Um, well, just so happens, Chris Fowler, a very accomplished play-by-play guy, and Dan Orlovsky, who I think does a nice job when he's on color for football games, they were calling this game for ESPN Australia and New Zealand on Sunday. Here was Uh-oh. here was their call. Here was their call of the final play. Clock running inside 10 seconds. They have two timeouts. Can they win it right here? Mahomes on the move. Throws. Touchdown! Kansas City wins! Miko Hardman! Unbelievable. He's the best player I've ever seen in my life. Unbelievable. Mahomes' magic cements his own legacy and his team's legacy. A third Super Bowl victory. He spent it over to the Jays. That's good, Ben. Yeah, that's good. Um... I thought that was a really good way to do it. I, silence might be best, but if you're just going to drop things in, Lewis Riddick with a little, Lewis Riddick was on the call too. He was the one going unbelievable. Um, who's just, the? Uh, oh, I wonder now who is the play-by-play? Fowler, Chris Fowler. I wonder why they have a different crew for ESPN Australia than they're just uh, the three Yanks themselves. It's not they don't have like an Australian dude on there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like what do they do? I don't know. I get maybe they pull in different. Different, like Australian people or something along the way. I I I, I don't know. I I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Yes, that's well, yeah, you need to have an answer for me. Yeah, like they, that's the outlet that's providing the game just, in no, Australia. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really intrigued by. Okay, what is different about that English language broadcast than the other English language broadcast? Maybe they really hate Tony Romo there in Australia. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, or CBS, maybe CBS has the domestic rights to it, and ESPN has oh, the international ESPN. rights oh, to it. Oh, because it's ESPN. Oh, yeah, I see. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what it is then. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, All that's right. why I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would submit that this is a better call than Tony Romo's call on the final play. Here's the Korean call of the final play. Silent. <laughs> Even the Korean guys who can't <laughs> help but scream. You can take it down, Ben. <laughs> I would say uh, I like the uh, the North Korean broadcast is good too because in that one Kim Jong Un <laughs> both throws and catches the game winning touchdown. 
They do. Our sacred leader. <laughs> How come Orlovsky couldn't do the Korean broadcast? I don't know. It like, seems. Uh, it why seems... the hell are they are they incurring all these expenses? Dan, can you do the Korean broadcast? Sure, I guess. I don't know Korean. Well, it's okay. All you need to do is go. <laughs> when they score. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I like the Koreans. Boy, the Korean broadcast might be better than even some of the Spanish language broadcasts when it comes for to, to sheer elation and excitement. It seems like every broadcast not in English <laughs> has license to just scream their guts out when a big play it seems, happens. It seems like they have a lot more fun than us. <laughs> yeah, all right? Is yeah. What I, that's the that's feeling I've gotten. That's, These guys are feeling the joy of victory. You know what? Tony Romo's probably maybe getting down to, who knows, maybe kind of getting down to oh. being on double secret probation here with CBS. Who knows? He may just need to he may just need to start screaming like that after touchdowns <laughs> just to switch the gimmick up a little bit. <laughs> Jimmy! I think that's what he needs awesome. to do. <laughs> that's, uh, boy, is there anything? Man, South Korea is killing it. Uh, better better broadcasts. Yep. yep. Making phones for John Lopez. Yep. They just do everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. Um, a good lesson here in maybe staying off social media uh, the, after a game, the day after a game, is yeah. Jonathan Feliciano's story. Jonathan Feliciano, offensive lineman for the Niners, who, who left the game injured, right, Seth? He had, he yeah, he was the, the right, game. he was the right guard that left the game injured. Yep. And he was. And re- um, somebody. After the game, one of the uh, one of the uh, these Forty ers bloggers, a uh, guy with a, a pretty formidable following on Twitter, um, blamed the right guard, the backup Colton McKivitz, uh, because he, oh no, I'm sorry, he blamed, he blamed the, the tackle, tackle, the right yeah. tackle, blamed the right tackle for that unblocked Chris Jones play, the final play of the game for the Forty ers where Chris Jones just went completely unblocked. Jonathan Feliciano. Um, so this guy, this sorry, this blogger said Colton McKivitz has one of the best players in the game, Chris Jones, lined up in front of him, and he decides to give him a free rush to Brock Purdy. Sickening. Yep. Um, so Jonathan Feliciano, the injured right guard who wasn't in the game at the time, said, I know you know all, so you should know that's not Colton's guy. And then yes. he says, a quick chop. Uh, so the, the blogger says, well, how about just a quick chop before he goes out to the right? Which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, if you're going to start, if you're starting, <laughs> offensive linemen don't like freelances. They're going on right. their, their pass protections. Um, Feliciano responded to this quick chop suggestion and said, a quick chop is not needed if the guy that was supposed to block him blocks him. That guy would be Spencer Burford, who, the right guard who came in to replace Jonathan Feliciano. Spencer Burford... Yesterday morning, tweeted out, sheesh, I open, or yesterday evening, sheesh, I open up my app to get this. Get well soon, bro. To Feliciano. Uh, so yeah, like, to bro, Feliciano. Bro, you threw me under the bus, man. What the yeah, hell? Feliciano basically said, hey, that wasn't the right tackle's fault. That was the right guard's fault. My replacement. The guy came in for me, yeah. <laughs> and, but it, the, the more drama, too, is that Spencer Burford had been the original starter, got injured then uh, earlier in the season. Then John Feliciano was the starter for the second half of the season. So, um, Feliciano. Oh, wow, he, he took his job, huh? Yeah, Feliciano took his, took his job, okay. Feliciano, a few hours later, late last night, 
replied, I'm sorry, bro. I woke up hungover and being a B-word. In trying to have one's back, I hurt you. It's effed up, and I apologize. You got nothing but greatness ahead of you. I'm sorry, bro. Where yeah. does that fall in our apology meter? I, I would say that, that the I, I would say he went a little too far. I'm sorry, bro. Explaining why it happened. I woke up hungover. Being self-deprecating, say he's being a B-word. Yeah. I messed up. I think I think that I think he's really good for the first two or three sentences. I think he went over the top when he said, You got nothing but greatness ahead of you. Like, don't patronize me, man. Like you replaced me and took my job. How great can I be? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, like that's a- I think Feliciano's a free agent, so maybe he figures that uh, and, and he replaced him because of injury. You're right. Burford was injured with a neck injury. Yeah, I think people throw the word great around a little too easy. Do we really feel greatness like Spencer Burford has great Yes. Greatness and dog. Thank you, Seth. They replace, uh, yeah, by definition, 50% of your team can't be dogs. Yeah. It has to be a special designation. Can't be calling everybody a dog. I think he should have left out, you got nothing but greatness ahead of you. That's, well, I he should have left, left out. out, out, I woke up hungover and being a uh, B. Oh, is he making excuses? It's an explanation. The old saying, don't ruin an, ex- don't ruin a, an apology with an explanation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, okay. Like ideally, whether you're hungover or not, you don't uh, shouldn't you don't be doing do that, that. I guess shouldn't yeah. be doing that. Yeah, stay off. And he was trying to, he was trying to. The the, pro, the biggest problem is like okay, he was trying to win that unfightable or that unwinnable war, which is like oh, I was going to explain to angry and upset fans exactly yeah. uh, what was supposed to happen there. 49ers fans have been <laughs> like downright. <laughs> Just like, they've gone crazy. I got, I can't tell you how many videos I've seen of like that play and others where offensive where a blitz came completely clean. Brock Purdy has a guy in his face immediately, and they're pointing out that like some guy on the other side of the field is wide open. I can't believe Brock Purdy missed this guy. <laughs> like meanwhile, like the guy's open as Brock Purdy is is getting careened. It's uh, it's uh, it's amazing. You think amazing. you think the Niners are in the QB market this off season? No, I think that if you look at that game, one of the biggest issues was just simply pass protection versus a team that blitzes a lot. That comes down to two two people. It comes down to Kyle Shanahan, but it also comes down to Brock Purdy just being a young quarterback. I think over time, and it's one of the hardest things, is like for everything that a quarterback has going on, it's when he becomes a pass protection expert that he can really take things to the next level. And I think in that game... It really was as much about the pass protection schemes. It was the calls as much as it was the actual physical performances. Like that that play that we've been talking about where Chris Jones came completely clean. Yeah, the right guard screwed up, but they were also asking they were asking the O line to do a lot. The center was pulling on that play. That, which means the left guard should have come down and replaced. Meanwhile, there was a blitz coming on the right side, which meant that the right guard should have had both kind of dual duty. I think they thought the back was going to chip. Like there was a lot going on in that play that didn't necessarily need to be that way. And I think that goes ultimately goes down to Shanahan over time. Brock Purdy gets more involved in it. And um, you know, maybe they, they hem that up, but versus that defense, it just it wasn't going to work out in Brock Purdy's favor that day. We um, we've still got some Super Bowl leftovers and headlines. Rockets get a win last night against the Knicks in super controversial fashion. We'll have that for you as well in headlines next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. All right, let's start out with a few uh, nuggets, leftovers from the Super Bowl. News we got about the Super Bowl from yesterday. We, we've dug into the um, Kyle Shanahan decision-making in overtime. I guess the biggest reveal with all this, with Kyle Shanahan choosing to take the ball at the beginning of overtime, a lot of people super critical of that. I guess the big reveal, Seth, is the lack of preparedness that his players had in that situation. A yeah, lot of the Niners yeah. players reportedly not even knowing what the what the postseason overtime rules are where both teams are guaranteed at least one possession. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are at the polar opposite end where, according to Justin Reed, they'd been talking about it since training camp. They'd been game planning and working overtime scenarios. It, it, it paints an awfully rough picture for a head coach who's being criticized for the decision to take the ball independent of how much his players knew about the overtime rules. Right, right. Yeah, and I guess um, I... The, it, my knee-jerk reaction is that it should be two separate topics. There's one, okay, was Kyle Shanahan prepared for it? And then two, what, you know, were the players prepared for it? And do, 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 does it matter as much that the players weren't prepared for it? I think the, the image I get in my mind when I think about it is, okay, well, part of, part of being ready for those situations is actually going through it in walkthroughs or in practice situations, the situational football part of it. And that's where I, I think that, even as a coach, even if you've had discussions about it, if you haven't really played it out with your players, are you genuinely prepared for it? Right. And I think that the the Chiefs were just simply more prepared for it in that moment. Um, and, and asking, like, okay, how much should it matter if the players are prepared for it or not? I think some of it comes down to, all right, let's say theoretically <clears throat> you, uh, you let the Chiefs have the ball first. Um, then the, the, in that moment, gosh, it, when I played it on my mind, I keep thinking about, all right, if the 49ers have the ball first, let's say they score a touchdown, then when they go out on the field, they know, okay, the, the Chiefs are going to be going for it on fourth down. So like, so it's important in that moment for the players to be aware of it because, all right, if it's, if it's third and ten, it's not the same as normal yeah. where, okay, we're just going to try to keep them short of the sticks. That's right. You've got to be more aggressive than typical on third and ten if they're in four-down territory. Yeah. And if you've scored a touchdown, then, then you know that. So I think that's an argument in favor of 
taking the ball first. Yeah. But it's but that's if it works out in that scenario. So I just uh, there, there's just way too many variables on either side, depending on what happens on that first drive. That there's no perfectly right decision. Yeah, I just can't get with that decision blew the Super Bowl for them. Would he like to yeah. do it differently? Yeah, probably because of the result. Like if he, yeah, if he, <laughs> yeah. If he knew now that he was going to lose the Super Bowl, would he have done it differently? Yeah, maybe because you, you're t- because of what the result was. I just don't think it was. I think it was way closer to a coin flip than people are I, making it out to be. I think a lot of people that are really angry over it just they know what Pat Mahomes has done. A in overtime, he's yeah. the very reason for this rule to be changed. Um, it be it, historically, but yeah, I like okay. Is Shanahan supposed to look at? the entire history of Pat Mahomes, or is he supposed to look at these most recent games and that current game where he hasn't really scored a lot of touchdowns? Scored one in that he, game on a 13-yard yeah. drive. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So it's been – it's a field goal game. Yeah. And it, was that his flaw? Was it, was he, did he disrespect or not respect Pat Mahomes enough? Yep. I, like, I understand the reasoning behind, you know, what? we've done a pretty good job limiting these guys That's right. to field goals. Let's just plan on that. Yep. Um few things, few other nuggets from the Super Bowl. Andy Reid will be back next year. He's not retiring. He'll be back as the Chiefs head coach. This was the most watched telecast in history, Seth. Not the most watched Super Bowl. The most watched television show oh, in the history. The most watched any kind of The most show? watched telecast in history uh. with a total audience delivery of 123.4 million average viewers across all platforms. That would be CBS... Paramount Plus, they had the Nickelodeon broadcast, Univision, CBS Sports, digital properties, and so forth. 123.4 million. It peaked at, well, it, it didn't peak. More than 200 million unique viewers watched all or part of the Super Bowl. That's two thirds of the country. Damn it. You've got the you you're reading off the CBS press release. Yeah. I didn't I should have I had the ESPN article in there which pointed out that all right, listen, they've uh, they've changed the way they measure this a little bit too. So Grinch. I don't know the, the what's French. Yeah. <laughs> are the numbers juiced a little bit? I don't know. I they've had to change the way the numbers are measured yeah. because 10 and 20 years ago, uh, almost nobody was watching it via streaming. Yep. So you've had to change that. I think they've I think also because of the streaming, they've been able to get a little bit more of an accurate gauge of how many people at sports bars have been watching. Yeah, and I mean, like some of the like, the way they figure out sports bars has like there's at least there used to be like that's there's some old fashioned like going around to check to be sure. Yeah, you know who's playing the games and if they're paying the the royalties on it like oh, they're yeah. supposed to. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's doing well at least. Either the, way, the stream, yeah, the streaming's going to keep it more and more accurate the more people stream. Yeah, the the point remains: business is good right now for the NFL. Business yeah. is good for sports books too. In Nevada, 185 million dollars just in Nevada alone wagered on the Super Bowl. That's a record. The books made. A little over $6 million, so it was a profitable day overall for the books. Would have been even more profitable if the game had not gone to overtime and if the Chiefs had not won because most of the public was on Chiefs in the over, and that's what it ended up hitting because of overtime. But um, degenerates unite, man. You're, you're generating a lot of business for the economy right now. $185 million in Nevada alone. Let's get to the Rockets. The um, Rockets, good win last night. They beat the New York Knicks. Knicks are a good team. They're a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. Rockets controlled most of this game. They were up by 14 at halftime, took a few punches to the face in the third quarter, but were able to extend their lead. Wound up being a close game in the end, and the Rockets get the benefit of a very, very controversial foul call uh, to close out the game. Basically, it ended the game. 
uh, Aaron Holiday threw up a prayer. Jalen Green was ISOing. The game was tied. He dribbled into the middle of nowhere, and the ball wound up in Aaron Holiday's hand somehow. <laughs> and Aaron Holiday just, in three-point land, just chucks the ball up a prayer, and Jalen Brunson gets called for a foul. Yeah, he Sh- football passed it. Yeah, and pretty he much. He just like, gunned it he with his did. right arm towards the, towards he, the rim. He yeah. did it at the rim. Um, Jalen Brunson gets called for a very ticky-tack foul on a three-point shot. Uh, Aaron Holiday makes the first two, misses the third one. Intentionally. In- intentionally. Miss- yeah. Knicks grab the rebound and call timeout. They get the timeout, but then they review the clock the referees do and say, nope, you didn't even get the timeout in time. Game yeah. over. Tom Thibodeau, Jalen Brunson, Brunson's old man, Rick Brunson, who's on the staff, they're livid. They're screaming at the referees. The pool report after the game Basically, the referees admitted they screwed up on the foul that put Aaron Holiday on the line to, to go get the, the winning points in this game. Yeah, Brunson was just Brunson was flying at him um, as the ball left Holiday's hand, and they called lower body contact, right? right? And yep. uh, so they so they corrected it afterwards. This was yeah. If this was a this was a playoff game or something, this oh. would be pandemonium. I think it would be. I did. And it was made more dramatic because you had two situations there where you had to have the clock reviewed as as well as that foul. You did have to review the clock. It was a heads up move to miss the third free throw uh, because what the, the Rockets expected to happen, what did happen yeah. was they weren't going to have enough time to both rebound the ball and get the timeout in. They reviewed the the play the the Brunson foul, but they didn't yeah. review it. For it being a foul, because Tom Thibodeau was out of challenges, they were reviewing it to see if Holiday released the ball, to see if the contact took place yeah. before the buzzer, and it did, and Holiday got to go to the line. So anyways... That was right. Yeah, the review was for, yeah, just to, to show that there was still .3 seconds left. Yes. As yep. opposed to whether or not there's a foul. Boy, that's got to be a tough one as an official. Put yourself in the official's shoes where you're like, oh, crap. I gotta, I gotta judge when this foul that didn't occur I know. occurred. I can see with my own eyes we screwed this up. Like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah, but now, okay, you can't review the foul specifically. But if you can see that the foul didn't occur, then does that not change how you judge whether or not the clock ran down? Well, maybe it should, but it doesn't. This is one. For, this is one for Aristotle more so than sports radio hosts in the morning. Right. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Seth and I are just going to get back to critiquing Tony Romo. <laughs> if a our... foul never occurs, yeah. could the clock have actually stopped That's at right. that time anyway? And a tree fell at the same time. Yeah. Uh, all right, so those are your headlines. Uh, by the way, Mike Zimmer will be the D.C. in Dallas. There was some... We'll oh, is to, it true? We'll get to that later in the show. Yeah, Schefter may have jumped the gun a little bit. Big day for Shefty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And re- Like on Sunday may have jumped the gun, and Rex Ryan literally corrected him. On Sunday, like, no, I'm still kind of a candidate for that job. Um, but it did. It, all's well that ends well. Mike Zimmer ends up getting that job. Uh, Who's in a better self promoter, RG3 or Rex Ryan, when Rex, it comes to getting back into the league? Rex Ryan's less annoying, I think, than RG3. RG3 doesn't deserve to be in the league. Well, he's more valid, I guess, because <laughs> yeah. he is actually being considered for jobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. All right, we got them. They're out. Where are the Texans standing? Way, way too early. Power rankings. For the upcoming season, where do the experts see your Houston Texans? Where do they see the other teams in the AFC South? And what exactly did this power ranking say about the Texans a year ago today? How valid is this? We'll talk about it next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 